0: Welcome to the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies with Larry Linton podcast. For those of you who are new listeners, this podcast will be about exactly what the title implies. We will discuss the state of liberty in our republic today, and how it is being eroded by the very institution that was created by our founding fathers to protect it, which is the government that now hates us. We'll also discuss the many different types and styles of leadership that exist today, But more frequently, we'll talk about how our republic is best served by true servant leadership in elected office. On the topic of lies, we will discuss the many pervasive lies that are told in society today, and not only by our government, but their willing partners in the news media, social media, and tech sectors. These lies, they're designed to rob us of our liberty and destroy our trust in and reliance on the founding principles of our nation and its constitution. I will also use a portion of each episode to discuss my election campaign to represent Tennessee's House of Representatives, District 12. And what I hope to accomplish with my campaign is just basically a couple of things. I want to bring to Nashville an example of what following an oath to the Constitution looks like. And this is based upon my 30 years of service to our nation in the United States Navy. Additionally, once I am in Nashville, I would like to restore the state's role as the creator of and the parent to the federal government. What a lot of people don't realize is that our federal government is not a party to our Constitution, but it is a product of the Constitution. And this Constitution is a charter between all of the states that empowers the federal government with certain and extremely limited powers such as providing for the common defense and to regulate trade. We can also discuss any tactics or techniques the listeners may have in the fight to restore our nation's founding principles when engaging with what has apparently become the people's enemy over the course of generations now, and that is the government that, one, hates us, and two, only sees us as the means to obtain and maintain power. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at libertyleadershipandlies dot com. You can also subscribe to my blog there at the website. Additionally, even at the website, you can contribute to my campaign. You can find the podcast and the campaign on social media. Just search for Larry for TN twelve on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for the campaign info and Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Lynn for the podcast social media pages. I'm also on Telegram as Liberty Leadership and Lies. I will be recording the show either from the Goat Locker studio in Sevierville, Tennessee, or on remote locations where my consulting business or election campaign takes me. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I'm off on another coaching engagement in Texas this week. Some good news was I was able to make the men's breakfast with the men's ministry of Pathways Church before I left this time. My flight schedule on Tuesday gave me enough of a cushion to make it to the breakfast and then head to the airport. The high costs of fuel are hitting every sector of the economy and have reduced the number and availability of flights from Knoxville to Midland. Besides the cost, though, it worked in my favor. Before we get on to the topic of liberty this week... I want to provide some information on some important dates for this year's election cycle here in Tennessee. So, my non-Tennessee listeners, the following information, more specifically the dates I'm about to provide, don't apply to you. However, this next election is important to every American. I do encourage everybody outside of Tennessee and in Tennessee to look up their counties and states' key dates for their election cycle. The bottom line up front, though, is this. Every legal citizen must register and they must vote. They must vote in every election, even as for, like, the county clerk or even the dog catcher. Every election and every vote matters. Be active participants in our self-governance so we no longer get the poop shows that have dominated our election cycles for generations now. But back to Sevier County and Tennessee information. Tuesday, the 3rd of May, is the state and county primary election date. I'm not on the ballot because I'm not running in a primary election. I'll let the two major political parties duke it out in choosing their candidates, which really won't be much of a fight here in Sevier County, which really needs to change, but more on that in the future. In order to vote in this primary, you must be registered to vote by Monday, the 4th of April. That is less than three weeks from today. Early voting in the primaries from April 13th to April 28th. If you need an absentee ballot, you must request it by the 26th of April. Once again, that is for the state and county primary elections. On Thursday, the 4th of August, the state and federal primary and state and county general elections will be held. The voter registration deadline for this election is the 5th of July. Early voting goes from July 15th to July 30th. If you need an absentee ballot for the August election, you need to request it by the 28th of July. And finally, the state and federal general election will be held on November the 8th. This is the ballot I'm on. You must be registered to vote for this election no later than the 11th of October. Early voting will be from Wednesday, October 19th through Thursday, November 3rd. Absentee ballots must be requested by the 1st of November. So for everybody listening, get involved. Register to vote and then vote. Also, don't blindly follow your preferred political party. Don't show them any loyalty because they don't show it to you. If you listen to the weekend update, you would know what lengths the political party that is supposed to be pro-Constitution and individual liberty the lengths they will go to in order to ensure their preferred candidates and incumbents are protected. We all must research the candidates that are running and get behind the ones that are the most pro-liberty, the ones that will support and defend the Constitution. And, perhaps the most important characteristic for candidates, vote for the ones that will follow their oath and reject the ones that have proven that they do not follow their oaths. We all, as a nation, must throw off this voter apathy that has gripped our republic for more than a century now. Our apathy has created the chains that now bind us and put us all in servitude to the government. Speaking of servitude to the government, it's getting close to that time of year again. What time of year do you think I'm referring to? Well, it's that time where we either fork more money over to Uncle Sam, where he will do his best to waste it, or... We will get a refund because we overpaid income taxes to Uncle Sam. And that refund, Uncle Sam will give it to you without any interest paid as well. So as you get your tax returns prepared, I would like you all to think about this. Whether you get a refund or you have to stroke a check when you file, realize that Uncle Sam got the first cut on all of your income. They do it through federal withholding. So no matter what, the government gets our own money before we even see the first nickel of our sweat equity. Federal withholding has been so ingrained in our national conscience that we don't even think about it anymore. When you ask a person how much they make, what do they often answer with? Well, they answer with what they bring home, not what they make. Never considering that the government, which hates us, they took their cut right off the top before we get to enjoy the fruits of our own labor. Of course, that is all tied back to the unconstitutionally passed 16th Amendment. But that always gets me sidetracked whenever I talk about taxes, because taxation is theft. But back to the topic, though. Apathy has created the chains that have bound us for generations now, and is getting worse and worse, which is completely opposite of how our republic was founded. It is exactly what the Constitution was crafted to avoid. Yet, because most Americans choose not to participate— especially at the local and state-level elections, our government has used our non-involvement as tacit approval to do everything it has been doing to erode our liberty. The easiest way our government increases our servitude is through taxation and government spending. And wouldn't you know it, the communists and transpublicans in our nation's capital are at it again, creating more and thicker chains to bind us in the form of debt. Just last week, the House of Representatives finalized a 1.5 trillion dollar—yes, trillion with a T—1.5 trillion dollar omnibus spending package. Of course, the new cycle that is dominated with the Russian invasion of Ukraine means that this spending bill includes emergency aid to Ukraine. Isn't that just special? This spending package—you notice how they're all—all all these bills are called spending packages. When they should be more appropriately named taxpayer debt burden increase packages. It is just another deception by our own government in order to hide the true nature of the legislation they passed. Anyway, it's been reported that this emergency aid package for Ukraine contains massive funding increases. Yes, increases, meaning the taxpayers of this country were already footing some of the bills for that corrupt government. The communists, enabled by the Transpublicans in Congress, just passed this massive spending package, using the conflict in Ukraine as the cover story to a willing media and an apathetic public. But you know what? Of the $1.5 trillion in the spending package, there's only $13.6 billion in additional humanitarian security and economic assistance for Ukraine. So where's this other $1.37 trillion going to be spent? Well, it's really a small number compared to our 30 plus trillion dollars in national debt at this moment, right? Anyway, that $13.6 billion to Ukraine? It's on top of the $1.4 billion already given to them since the beginning of 2021. This foreign aid money is a topic that always gets me a bit upset. Our government, the one that's supposed to represent us, the taxpaying citizens of the United States of America, provides billions of dollars worth of aid to countries all over the world. Yes even some that hate us. And that money the government gives, first they take it from us. So shouldn't our money, our sweat equity, be used for something more beneficial to our country and our citizens first? This situation in Ukraine highlights more the hypocrisy of the communists and trans that are running the show right now. So we, the taxpayers, are footing the bill to protect border security to the tune of billions of dollars in countries all over the world. Countries, that is except for ours here at home. The wall on our southern border would have cost roughly $20 billion to complete. A wall that would prevent the invasion of drugs, child sex trafficking, and criminals. It's also a wall that the current administration is spending $2 billion a year to halt finishing the construction. Their hypocrisy points once again to this indisputable fact. Our government hates us. These communists and Transpublicans that fill up our Congress, coupled with a cackling hyena and dementia-riddled child sniffer, care more about the security of a country half a world away and its citizens than they do about taxpaying Americans. Crime, inflation, unconstitutional lockdowns and mandates, drugs, homelessness fueled by a mental health crisis, all of these are problems here at home. Problems like the recent news about the West Point cadets that suffered an accidental overdose of fentanyl laced cocaine in Florida this past weekend. Now, I'm not saying the cadets here are entirely blameless, but based upon some reporting, not all of them used the cocaine, but a couple suffered from overdose because they performed mouth to mouth resuscitation on the initial victim. The border wall, if it was completed, would have gone a long way to stemming the tide of fentanyl and other illegal drugs from washing up on our shores. But what do our elected representatives do? They sit in their ivory towers in our nation's capital and pass yet another spending package. Hundreds of billions of dollars in spending that first takes it from our mouths, our families, and our liberties. And then they ship it all over the world to countries that hate us. They're aiding their freedom fighters overseas in battles against tyranny, or they're helping those foreign countries alleviate poverty, all the while worsening those problems here at home. Did you also know that there's a backdoor type of raise for members of Congress in this bill, too? While inflation, caused by government policies, is killing the middle and lower class in our nation, the elites in D.C. are getting richer off our sweat equity. Part of this bill contains this little fact. There is $5.9 billion for the 2022 legislative branch funding. This will substantially boost the office budgets of House members to pay their staffs more money. I hope you all remember who the deep state really is. It is the unelected bureaucrats that have been suckling at the government teat that is filled with our sweat equity. Of that $5.9 billion, more than three quarters of a billion will be for the members' representational allowance. That is what funds the office budgets for the new aristocracy That is what pays the salaries of the deep state. This year's amount represents a 21% increase over last year's funding. All of that means that those members of the deep state will not be greatly affected by the steep climate inflation that government policies created. Not Putin, but that's quite unlike you and I and the rest of the middle and lower class in the country that are being whacked by high inflation. So while it isn't really a pay raise for the members of Congress, just who do they typically hire for their staff positions? Well, the Deep State Family and Friends program. All paid for by the money our government gets first cut of. Our sweat equity. Leadership in the Communist Party praised this legislation. Please listen to what Congressman Hoyer and Congressman Jeffries had to say about draining your paychecks. Here I'm going to quote them. "Quote, We join in thanking Chairwoman Deloro and Ranking Member Granger as well as the members on the Appropriations Committee for producing a bipartisan omnibus package that includes this increase in office budgets. Unquote. Now, though, here comes the ridiculous part that they are proud of and should drive every single American to the voting booth this November to replace every single person in D.C. that voted for this bill. It finishes with this quote. So, the Congressional staff pay can be a priority and enhance the institution's ability to deliver for the people. Wow. Just wow. Congressional staff pay is the priority. Not the taxes we all paid, not the high inflation, or the taxes we will end up paying to fund this $1.5 trillion monstrosity. This it's just more of Our Government Hates Us, and it's on display for everyone to see. With all this talk about a great reset, well, we need a great reset with our Congress. Not only are they interested in tightening the chains that bind us with taxes, they do it in another way. How do they do it? Well, they also want to indoctrinate our children. Again, using our sweat equity to pay for it in the process. They want to indoctrinate our children in America-hating and hateful racist ideologies. This brings to mind the bill that recently passed the Florida House of Representatives. The new aristocracy and their allies in the legacy media, along with activists all over the country, they are all over the airways and the internet dubbing this piece of legislation the quote-unquote don't-say-gay bill. Of course, the truth is completely opposite of what they are calling it. The bill simply states that schools, quote, may not encourage classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels, or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. So, no sane person exercising critical thinking skills could get don't say gay out of that summary. But communist activists all over the country are tacking this bill. Why are they tacking it? Of course, you always have to ask the why, ladies and gentlemen. And I will explain it using a phrase that I've heard recently about situations like this happening all over the country in these government schools. And it is this. Well, folks, it isn't rocket science. These communists just want to diddle our kids. They are up in arms all over the country because same parents want to put a stop to the sexualization of their children. And the communists, they want it to continue. They've enjoyed putting what used to be considered societal norms, along with the parents that believed in those same norms, they have enjoyed the near-complete control that they have had over public government education and putting their chains of compliance upon parents and educators. The sniffer-in-chief called the bill hateful. Isn't that rich? This is coming from a guy that has a propensity for letting children rub the hair on his legs while sitting in a pool or who is on video multiple times inappropriately sniffing children. Of course, this is hateful to him and his ilk. We, the people, have allowed this to happen to us over the course of generations now. The communists have been slowly allowing us to chain ourselves up through our apathetic approach to participating in our own self-governance. Biden's tweet when discussing this bill has this following statement called out, quote, especially the kids who will be impacted by this hateful bill, unquote. You have all heard me state the summary of the bill. What exactly is hateful about it? Nothing, unless you're an advocate for talking with four- and five-year-old children about sexuality issues. Remember, pedophiles like to start the grooming of their victims at a very young age. As we've talked about here before, the pandemic was a partial blessing in disguise. Parents are starting to realize how government schools and public sector unions have been mistreating and indoctrinating our children. Heck, did you see that the CEO of Disney has even come out against this bill? Talk about an organization that can and does have a massive impact on young children. Disney, or more specifically the Walt Disney Company, has its tentacles everywhere. There's Disney itself and all of its theme parks and ABC News, Hulu, Disney Studios, and they include Lucasfilm, Marvel Studios, Pixar Animation, Searchlight Pictures. Lots of children entertainment there, right? We also can't forget about the world of sports. They own ESPN. So knowing all that, it appears that the communists, through government schools and the entertainment industry, have done exceedingly well in their attempts to indoctrinate and sexualize children. That is the why behind all the outcry by the commies and their enablers about this bill, and legislation like it all over the country. Parents have started to slip the chains that those sectors of society have been putting on them. The commies and their allies are upset at the loss of control. And we here in Tennessee, we thought we had a sure thing in a recent bill introduced in the General Assembly. But, like the Transpublicans in our supermajority often do, they changed the language in the bill somewhat. Enough to take the bill from a criminal justice bill, and changing the two words must to shall, they changed it to an administrative function of the Department of Education, I'm talking about House Bill 1944 and its Senate Companion Bill, SB 1944. The original, unamended bill accomplished two things. The first thing that it accomplished was that it made local education agencies responsible for weeding out any obscene or pornographic materials in school. They had to go out and find it and get rid of it. The second part, well, it just really incorporated the already criminal act of exposing minors to pornographic or obscene materials. But we have some pretty smart pedophiles in government or in the education lobbies and they changed that word. They changed it from must to shall. Go ahead and look up the difference. Go ahead and look up the legal difference between those two words and you'll know exactly what I mean. Then they added a section that put the responsibility on children and parents to identify the material in question as either pornographic or obscene. Of course, putting it on the parents and children will include delays in the identification of the material leaving it in place while the newly added section in the amendment starts the churn on identifying the material, investigating whether it is or is not obscene or pornographic, then finally leaving the ultimate decision up to who? Well, of course, Dr. Penny Schwinn, not law enforcement, the Tennessee's education commissioner, who we already know came to the state with California values, whose husband's company has also received a lot of no-bid contracts dealing with the state's education department. Oh, and the CRT bill that was up last year? Well, it left the decision up to her if critical race theory curriculum is taught in our schools and what she had to do about it. The amended bill changes the entire dynamic of introducing pornographic and obscene material in the state's government schools. It changes it from a criminal act to an administrative function and responsibility of our communist education commissioner. Isn't that just dandy, folks? The Transpublicans pulled another fast one on this bill all to keep the chains that bind us wrapped up tighter. And it's the usual subjects doing this as well. The representatives on the Criminal Justice Committee that advanced the bill as amended are, well, first we'll start with the communists, Representatives Beck, Dixie, and Hardaway, two out of Nashville, one out of Memphis. They voted no on advancing the bill because the communists don't want any public display of putting protections in place for children and their being sexualized. Let's go over the transpublicans that, voted yes on advancing this bill only if the amendment was attached there's scotty campbell of mountain city michael curcio of dixon chair clay doggett who's the transpublican out of pulaski andrew farmer out of uh, sevierville not my district but then run right next to it and sad to say bruce griffey out of paris tennessee voted to advance it with the amendment too don't understand that there's also David Hawk of Greenville, Dan Howell of Cleveland, Bud Holsey of Kingsport, William Lamberth of Portland, Deborah Moody of Covington, Lowell Russell of Venor, Jerry Sexton of Bean Station, and finally Paul Sherrill of Sparta. If the people that list themselves as Republicans on this committee were truly committed to the stated platform of the Republican Party, just why would they change the language in the bill as I described earlier? Why are they not fighting to truly represent parents in their efforts here? Why are they making it more difficult to weed out the filth that our children have been exposed to in government schools for years now? There are a lot of whys to be asked here, ladies and gentlemen. If we truly want to shake off the chains that our government and their allies have put us in for years now, change that are of our own making, because of the apathy in our electoral processes, by the way, if we want to shake off these chains, we must have to answer all these whys. And we must have to answer them quite publicly. These chains we fashioned for ourselves resulted in the government being able to exercise numerous emergency powers during the COVID pandemic, which included inserting the major fraud that incurred in the 2020 election. In essence, it allowed them to manipulate the electoral system to ensure that their preferred candidate was installed in the Oval Office, as well as tilting the balance of power in the United States Senate. The new aristocracy counts on and benefits from the apathy of the American electorate. There's another great example of this that happened over the weekend. Former President Obama tweeted out that he has COVID, but he's doing okay with it. Much like the vast majority of people that contracted COVID all over the nation and all over the world. But right after the opening statement, he goes right into typical communist mode that relies on a bunch of people that will blindly follow his instructions without exercising any critical thinking. His full tweet was this, and I quote, I just tested positive for covid I've had a scratchy throat for a couple of days, but I am feeling fine otherwise. Michael, no, that was me, just kidding. But the tweet continues. Michelle and I are grateful to be vaccinated and boosted and she has tested negative. It is a reminder to get vaccinated if you haven't already, even as cases go down. Unquote. So let me get this straight. Former President Obama's double vaccinated and boosted, supposedly, by the way. His medical records are probably as sealed as any records dealing with his early history still are. Well, not sealed in any kind of legal way, but kept confidential and kept away from the general public. In fact, when he left office in 2017, he opted to keep his presidential records locked away for 12 years. Where's the uproar over that? There isn't any, of course, because he is an orange man bad to the new aristocracy and their allies in the legacy news media and social media. Anyway, double vaccine boosted and he still caught COVID. Then he urges people to do the same thing. Why? So those who haven't caught COVID yet can do the same thing and still catch it? I mean, have you all seen how the CDC quietly released the adverse effects of the vaccine? Nine pages. Single space typed worth of adverse effects. I guess it takes that many pages to inform the public of just how safe and effective it is, right? Wake up, people. Throw off the apathy that has created these chains that have bound us for generations. In closing this week, I would like to leave you all with this from God's Word. Today it comes to us from Psalms 107, 10. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. I believe that I've mentioned this before. I've often stated that providing no input is actually providing an input. Choosing not to participate, especially in the voting booth, has brought the darkness and gloom on the current state of politics in our nation. You might say that you're too busy to go vote, or that your vote won't matter anyway. Maybe you believe that your preferred candidate will win no matter if you vote or not, so you choose to stay home. How has that worked out for us? Especially over the course of the past two years. No amount of cheating can overcome nearly 100% in-person voter turnout. You owe it to yourselves, to your children, and to your country to take on the role that our Founding Fathers envisioned for you. An active, informed citizen participating in our great experiment in self-governance. Choosing the easy way out by our citizens for the past 100 years has given us the government we deserve because of our lack of involvement. It has given the government that hates us and only sees us as a means to fuel their spending that keeps them in power, it has given them the chains that bind us. It is now time to truly wake up the sleeping giant that is the American citizen. For every American citizen to walk into the voting booth and choose the pro-liberty and pro-Constitution candidates. For every American to say to the political parties, the new aristocracy and their allies in big tech and the legacy news media and social media that we, as a people, are no longer going to sit idly by and let government rule us. Instead, we are going to tell them and the government that we have the power and that they are to represent us. As I mentioned in the introduction to every episode, please follow the campaign and podcast on all of our social media. When you visit the show and the campaign sites, please share them with everybody you know. Until next week, stand in the arena with me, Reveille, it's time to wake up.